um, words on the streets is you tried this out. Um, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, let me go ahead and try this book. You know, see what's going on. And um, my opinion didn't change. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Relaunch. I am LZ. Hello, everybody. I am Keenan. How you doing today, Keenan? I'm all right. My allergies are starting to come back a little bit. I don't know what's oh. activated them. So if I sound a little nasally, you know why. <laughs> okay. Is it like bad, uh, like pollen and stuff out there? No, I don't know what it is. I think it's like dust from something. I was like cleaning up. I've been doing a lot of cleaning this week. So. All right. You know, keep it a tidy. That's right. Trying, you know, tidy. Trying to keep it nice. Maybe mm. I'm gonna have somebody over. I know that's no, right. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Uh, well, while you enjoy that, I will be enjoying these comics. So <laughs> let's get started and get right into it. Up first is um, Astonishing Times number one, and this is a Comicsology original. Now, okay. I actually picked this book up literally off the strength of seeing a character drawn that looked like me. So I was scrolling through Twitter and um, I think it was actually the writer of this book. And this is uh, written by Frank uh, Barbary and Eris Quinones. They do it together. And the art is by uh, Rorari Coleman. And I believe it was maybe the writer who like posted some shot or something from a future issue because that actually wasn't in this issue but i saw this character and i was like oh he looks dope <laughs> like what is this from i i gotta get into it so i uh, i checked this out just to, to see what was up and it was actually pretty good the art is okay. really, really good. um the style is very um kind of rb silva-esque mm. you know yeah it's yes it's very it's very good and in this in this universe um, superheroes are regular uh, to the point where like nobody cares <laughs> anymore. <laughs> like uh, they ride the subway with you and it's nobody cares anymore. And yeah, the stuff is right. <laughs> I mean, they don't really even make money like that. So, <laughs> um, and the story is being told by this reporter. Uh, his name is uh, Noah Sands. And he writes for the Astonishing Times is the the paper that he writes. And he has been like trying to really inspire people to get back into uh, looking up, as he says, and like looking for heroes and really getting back into that whole thing. Because I guess something happened where uh, there was they call it the cataclysm. Um, those were kind of like big, you know, superhero event thing happened and like the world was being destroyed. And his father was a reporter who reported on that and like got superheroes to be big and everything like that so he's like trying to follow in those footsteps uh, but i believe his father like died during some cataclysm mm. uh yeah and it was it was pretty good there was a random like superhero who you can kind of tell he was 
a superhero, even though he was dressed like kind of a homeless man, um, because they checking out this crime scene because a cosplayer gets like burned, <laughs> lasered to the face. Oh. Yeah, he like yeah. this this little kid cosplayer comes up to this guy. He's like, oh yeah, it's cool that you like want to take pictures of me in my cosplay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you're a fan of Gold Rush, and that's the uh, the superhero. But he turns around and. The next panel you see is like him with his head like lasered. So damn, not the kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be about him finding like the killer and mm-hmm. and seeing what's up with superheroes and like if they're turning and everything. Bad. Yeah, okay. it's pretty good. I think I definitely would recommend this to to people. It was uh, very action packed. The story mm-hmm. was really, really well done. Uh, the very diverse cast. Um, I think people should definitely check this. I would give it a solid like four out of five for a first issue. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm definitely got a really good first issue. Okay, let me let me add. You know, I can't be adding more things to my pool list. It's very long. (laughs) (laughs) I well, you know, when the book is good, the book is good. No, so well, I don't know. I I might look. Um, is the is it say if this is an ongoing series, a mini series? So I think this is an ongoing series. Um, like like I said, it's a comicsology original. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of cool that they've been like giving those uh, a bunch of different writers chances to have their own comic books put out as comicsology originals. Um, but I think this is an ongoing. I don't think it's a a mini series. Okay. And the, I guess the character who like who I said like kind of looked like me, his name is mm-hmm. Infinite or something. So oh, I'm ready? I'm definitely ready? in until I meet him. <laughs> you ready? You ready? That sounds like yeah. your type. For sure. All right, um, up next is Seven Secrets number 11 by Tom Taylor and Danielle DiNicola with colors by Walter Biamonte. And take it away, because I have yet to jump into this. I know. You need to hurry up. And speaking <laughs> of diverse cast, this is one that does it very well. Again, like, I've spoken very highly of this book. You know, Tom Taylor, he's been building the relationships between the characters very well. I'm starting to remember the name, so I don't remember from our last issue. The character Kanto said that he knew somebody was a traitor on the team, and he thinks it's this character, Laquita, the black girl. And so here we start out, this team is going back to Switzerland to find one of the secrets. He tells two of the other members that are on this little squad, like, hey, I think Laquita and uh, Kel are traitors, so, like, we got to be careful to watch them. They go find the suitcase that has the secret. Laquita immediately, like, stops it. She, like, throws her little spear in it so Kanto can't pick it up. And so then they all kind of start fighting. On the other side of the world, we have the main character, Casper. And he's with his mom, Ava, who's now leading the group, and this other guy. And they have captured the British prime minister to figure out what he knows about the Seekers, who are the folks who have been after them, come to find out he is a Seeker. So, like, that's great. But while they're torturing him, we kind of see something weird happen with Casper. His eyes start glowing. He drops the secret briefcase that he has and like Ava covers his eyes and she's like, you know, it's over now. He's like, I don't want you torturing people. I don't want you hurting people. She's saying, I'm doing it for you. He's saying that actually makes it worse. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it was just a really nice, again, we're seeing more layers to Casper's character unravel and like what exactly is going on with him. Like why are his eyes glowing? What are these powers? We know that there's something happening with Casper or that there's more going on that we know about. And so that mystery is nice to see. We go back to Switzerland with Kanto and that group, the, folks that they're with they end up shooting Kel and then Laquita is I know right it was really sad and so uh one of the other folks Laquita kills one of the other uh holders 
and her and Cantor are about to face off and he's like, you know, you didn't have to do this. Nobody had to die. And she's like, no, I did. And he's like, oh, can you see the future? And she's like, yes. He's like, well, then I'm shocked you couldn't see this coming. Amon, who is the head of the Seekers and who like killed Tajana, who was the main uh, holder, pops up and cuts Laquita's head off. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it was dope. I, like, I wasn't even expecting it. I was like, oh, damn. Um, come to find out, Kanto is not only the traitor, but him and Amon are in a relationship. They're lovers. Oh, see how they do? <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. And wow. so, you know, it's it, it, again, I remember when I was back to looking at the last issue, I thought to myself, I was like, why is Kanto saying Laquita is the traitor? I was like, is he trying to, like, throw the trail off of him? Or is, you know, Laquita really the traitor? They really got you thinking. So to come to find out, oh, not only is he really the traitor, but he's in this gay relationship with this man, it's crazy. Wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it. You see, like, his face has been burnt off. Kanto wears his mask the whole time. Okay. He kind of finally takes it off, and we see that his face has been damaged, and we find out it might be something to do with him being on this team. So, great series. Strong four out of five. Art's great. Action's great. Colors are fantastic. We're getting there. I love it. What would you rate this series? Four out I mean, of five. No, not the series, but the oh. this issue. Four out of five, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I really need to get into this. I've only heard great things about Seven Secrets, and I've, uh, I'm a fan of Tom Taylor, so. Uh, it's really good. It's him at his best. Every person who I've, like, talked to who has started reading it has been like, yes, I love it. Yeah. Take it up. All right. Up next is Guardians of the Galaxy Angle number one, and this is written by Al Ewing. And there's a backup story uh, called Infinite Fury Part 4, which is uh, by Jed McKay and Juan Fieri. And the... Uh, Al Ewing's story is written by uh, Flaviano. Now, did you check this out? So it wasn't actually in my comicsology list. Oh. And that was, which was really strange. So I went back and I bought it later when I like, okay. saw it. I like, so even after I get like my books, I'll tend to go through the new tab on comicsology just to see what comes out, see if there's yeah. anything I want to try or pick up. And so that's when I saw it there. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. So I picked bought it but i didn't read it. i saw it was like hercules and the prince of power on the cover yeah um do you subscribe on comiXology like and have them automatically download them for you i do and that's why i was so confused that it wasn't on there so i did the same thing happened with me because obviously guardians mm-hmm. of the galaxy is on my automatically buy <laughs> and um, <laughs> this one wasn't in it um so because i think they didn't do it because it's the annual um so you had to like go out and, and buy this one separately but this was all about the Prince of Power and his story, pretty much. Um, you find out that he is from this planet called, uh, I think it was like Muscula or something like that, where everyone there is very, like, gay. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, like, very brightly colored. And everyone is all about, like, having very ripped abs and muscles and stuff. And it's... It's obviously a big parody of um, He-Man. <laughs> and um, so all of this entire story is being told while the Prince of Power basically crashes into a bar where Hercules is and um, he has to fight these random monsters. And then while they're fighting, the Prince of Power tells him his whole like backstory. And that's what we are getting throughout mm-hmm. this. You find out that he is actually a twin and that um, the mother or like the queen of their planet uh wanted like the perfect hero (laughs) like with maximum heroic power and they like genetically like created this one but two ended up coming out and um 
they call him the other son. So like the Prince of Powers, like first name, I think is other son. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's, actually, I, it's actually other one. Other one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I kind of, you know, Prince of Power showed up in a couple of Guardians issues earlier in the run, um, and he was like a funny character. He was talking about like how he was defeating people with his like tight glutes, yeah, and his strong abs. So I could, I, I'm, a, I think I might be into him. You would probably actually really like, <laughs> like this. <laughs> you should definitely read this because it's all about them. Like, it's also very campy and very um, fun. Like, Al Ewing's getting to just be like very campy and fun in this and, um, you know, getting to limp that wrist a little. <laughs> Hang out a little bit. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I would honestly give this like a, a 3.5 out of 5. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, it's not normally my cup of tea, you know. Normally, I don't really like a lot of campy stuff, but like, whatever. It's it's, it's a does fun it, little. Does it feel like necessary for the main Guardians run? N- uh, not necessarily, but it does feel necessary for the bigger um Marvel universe because you find out that. So I'm not sure if or if you've seen what the Infinity Stones have been doing recently, but they've like been fusing with people. So like in Captain Marvel when she fought Star, like Star, Star was, was Star was one of them, right? Yeah, and there's a t- there's one that has a time stone that was in like some Captain America books, I think. Mm. Um you find out that Prince of Power actually has the power stone. Um mm. because That's while he was working like in a <laughs> while his one brother became a superhero, he had to work in a paperclip sorting factory. <laughs> 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 and while he was while he was eating like the jelly beans at his desk, he ate one, and it ended up being the the power the stone. Power stone. Yeah. <laughs> and he can like imbue people with more power okay. with, with the power stone. He like did it with Hercules, and Hercules did like one punch, and it like ended the fight. Okay. Um. So okay. I guess for the for the bigger like you know Marvel universe. Like he is a, probably a little bit more important because it looks like they're building towards something with all of the Infinity Stones fusing with people. They still have to, the soul and mind stones haven't been fused with people yet, but I'm sure that's coming. Okay. Be on the lookout for that, everybody. Yeah. And there was the backup story by Jed McKay, which was pretty much all about, it was a Nighthawk story. Um, Nighthawk? Yeah. The, the white one or the black one? The black one. Oh. Yeah, it was a fu- it was like a fun like three page story of him like just being Nighthawk. <laughs> so okay, that's yeah. Cool. Overall, the issue was the issue was exactly what you said. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, up next is Hellions number fourteen, and that is by uh, Zeb Wells with art by Rohe Antonio, and um, words on the streets is you tried this out. Um, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember I saw a solicitation for the Locust Vile showing up, and then X Twitter, you know, X Twitter loves to post some pages at 2 a.m. as soon as they get their book. Um, so when I woke up and like I was scrolling to a little bit later, I saw the Great Ring of Araka pages. Mm. Um, and so I was like, let me go ahead and try this book, you know, see what's going on. And um, my opinion didn't change. <laughs> um, it's still not clicking for you 
it's still not click for I will say that Sinister and Nanny are like carrying the series. Oh, for sure. This is Sinister series. This is definitely Sinister's book. Anytime I have picked it up, like I enjoy them the most. Um, but everybody else just feels very okay. What's next? Um, Tarn was pretty interesting. I thought he was like fun. I thought, you know, we finally got the mention of the chimeras in this issue, which everyone who knows Hawkspox, we know that Sinister ends up creating some chimeras, which ultimately betray Krakoa and like the X-Men and like is one of the reasons for them losing. So I thought all of that was nice overall. Yeah, I'm okay with this book. Yeah, I was the opposite. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> um, I, again, I'm not really like too attached to the cast. Um, I, again, I could, I could use a shakeup in there, and none of these characters are usually my kind of favorites. Um, but I'm still enjoying this book. <laughs> Zeb Wells has it's, a, it's, a great it's voice well for all the characters. It's very well written. Um, you know, this book opens with Storm meeting with the, the Great Ring and having a conversation with them about how they cannot harm Krakoa. And, of course, Tyron don't care. <laughs> so... Um, because he's, you know, coming out for retribution for what he feels has been stolen from him. Uh, Thanos, I mean, Thanos, <laughs> Sinister basically uh, has his tea spilled and <laughs> is basically everyone finds out that he had his team killed so that they couldn't find out that he was actually just trying to get the the DNA of the 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 people from the Araco. So, um. yeah. I thought I thought Tarn was great. His psychic powers were cool. He was obviously a formidable telepath. He completely controlled the entire team. Like, I did like Tarn a lot. Like I think um, if there's one thing that I've really kind of been enjoying about the post X of Swords world is like meeting some of the other Araco and Amenthi mutants. I think they're very exciting. I do not think they are better than the Krakoans. I know some people like to be like, oh, take me to planet Morocco. And it's like, no, we're not there just yet. But <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of interesting things about them. And Tarn, I love you. I love a good villain who's like mean and evil with no qualms about it. And it's not trying to be like redeemed. He's just like, no, I'm just a nasty guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely down for Tarn being a villain, like a long running villain, because he's uh, got psychic powers. Um, which makes him pretty formidable and stuff for them to actually pose a threat. Um, mm-hmm. And he obviously is very formidable here. He psychically controls Sinister. Um, so the and I did actually really enjoy the fact when he and his clone were fighting, and during the big fight where every where the Araco team and the Krokoa team were fighting, the two Sinisters started to kind of run away, and him just name dropping. Do you want to come with me? And he's just this like chimera. That was kind of cool to see. Like, all right, yeah. we're getting to that now. So, yeah. um, I expect some of that in Inferno. I truly expect a lot of that in Inferno. I can see that for sure. And I and I I think this the the whole chimera thing. I think it's also really good in the sense that it makes this book feel a little bit more important. You know, yeah. aliens can be looked at a little bit times as kind of a satellite title, a bunch of C-list characters, and just not really doing too much else. But knowing that, again, Sinister is such a big part of it, the Chimeras might possibly be coming, you know how that ties in the Hoxpox, it makes it feel like, oh yes, this is a series that be submits, should be submitted. And it hopefully lasts so long, because I know it is the lowest selling X book currently, but, you know, Marvel's been letting the books go for a while. They have so been. That won't matter. 
They have not. Now it just makes me think of that in that Inferno poster now. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember Exodus and Sinister were like yelling at each other from opposite sides. Makes mm-hmm. me think that Exodus doesn't approve of uh, the Chimera project. I like, can see that. Mm. The Chimera, you know, it. honestly, even when the Chimeras were introduced during Hawkspox, I wasn't really like too excited for them. Like, I get it. More mutants, you're creating mutants is cool. But I've always kind of enjoyed the aspect of mutants being born and like that's their natural abilities and their powers once you start kind of just creating them i think it takes away a little bit of the niche yeah 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 i totally get that but um, again they might be like saboteurs so who knows and i, I mean also them. on that on that inferno poster as well the x-men team was all laid out on the ground i wonder if that has to do with the chimeras you know and that whatever kind of battle we shall see. I'm definitely getting hyped for Inferno. All right. Up next is uh, Swamp Thing number six by Ram V and Mike Perkins with colors by Mike Spicer. Yes. And um, take it away because I know you are all about Swamp Thing. You know it's good. You just know it's good. You know I'm going to say that it was good because it was good. It's, a good <laughs> book. it's just a good book. And so here, Ram V actually has the main character, Levy. He has uh, kind of merged with the green again. And they've been talking about how the green is basically a collection of memories of the world. You know, you can always kind of go back to meet people, see people. And so here, he is meeting, like, his dad, who's passed away, and some other family members. And he's just having, like, deep conversations with them. We're just getting a little bit more backstory on him, which is nice to see. I really love the way that Ram V has been building this character out and introducing him to us, uh, making us care about him a lot more. On the other side of it all, the Suicide Squad is looking for him. Oh. Yeah, and so, you know, shout out to the, shout out to the Synergy, because we all know the Suicide Squad movie came out this week. Yes, and, yes. and I have not been reading the current Suicide Squad book, honestly. So <laughs> <laughs> Wait, not the Tom, the Tom Taylor one was finished, right? He had a yeah, small Yeah, the Tom story. Taylor one is finished, but this is a new one. So this one actually, the new one actually has folks like Peacemaker on the team. Okay, gotcha. Um, Come and on, so they're really going for that Synergy. Okay. Um, so Peacemaker, Chemo, Parasite, and another character are like oh, all like the Parasite. ones. I like Parasite. I like Chemo too. So I was like, oh, this team is kind of hot. So yeah. I was like, maybe I should go and pick up the Suicide Squad book because I actually like a lot of these folks. Um, but they're just looking for Levy throughout this book and while he is trapped in the green. And, and that's really all it is. It's just like a big chase and we're getting to know him a little bit more. But at the end of the issue, he kind of finally like wakes up and transforms into his Swamp Thing persona. And so I guess the big fight is about to happen now. Okay. So again, it's just, it's, it's just a good book. Four out of five. It's a mini? So it's eight issues. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, that, love, I, think, I like that DC has really been giving, like, finite in uh, yeah. series. A lot of things have been, like, one of eight, one of ten, something like that. Um, so it's been nice because I think they're I think they're kind of taking that seasons model that Marvel had a little bit ago. Yeah. But um, doing it with, like, their lesser-known characters. Yeah. To push them and then hopefully bring them back into a long-form story. Yeah. Oh, oh, come on. Yes. I hope that's what they're doing. That would be the right <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> um, but yeah. All, all right. Pick it up. Up next is X-Men number two. Mm. And this was written by Jerry Dugan with art by Pepe Larraz. And let's give a round of applause for this team. This is a team. This is a team. They bring this, out the best in each other. They really do. Yeah. Um, you know, we have not been 
shy about our opinions on uh, Marauders. So, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, you lasted on that book a lot longer than I did. <laughs> and um, I will have to say that, like, this is really a big, like, reminder of how dope Jerry Duggan can really be. You know, if he is really on a project that, like, fits where he shines. He shines or he just like, probably just needs to have Rogue. Because so far I'm realizing that every issue where he's, like, every series anyway that he is really good at, Rogue is there. <laughs> but again, I think that, so I think, uh, it's, I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he excels at, like, big superhero action with character beats thrown in, like, building up those villains. Um, because that's what Uncanny Avengers was, his run of yeah. that. And again, I think when we talked, when we had the Rogue panel last week, we talked a little bit about how Rogue is best as a superhero. And that's yeah. why it was she was so good there. So you come here, and again, that's what this book is. It's like a lot of big superhero action. You get a lot of uh, character beats in between. Again, the art from Pepe is just so solid, and he sells the emotion. He sells the energy, the tone, the colors fit perfectly. The villains are interesting. It's just good. It all works. You see the X-Men once again just out there protecting people, which is something that they haven't been doing not for. I mean, they've been doing it, but just like not so openly. Mm -hmm. um, and you once again, you kind of see humans like respecting the X-Men and saying, you know, come yeah. have a barbecue with us. Even in the first issue when you had the other heroes saying like, welcome back. Yes, we love Krakoa. We love the island. We love that they have this for themselves. But again, the X-Men kind of at their core have always been superheroes. Protecting that world that hates and fears them, they were out there doing the damn thing. So yeah. this is them back to that. And so it's just nice to see. And, it, and this team, mm. this team feels good with it. Don't because it? It, <laughs> it, it, it? It gives you some calls back to like classicness of obviously Gene and Scott, you got your 05, you have Sunfire, who's uh, all new, all different, you've got Polaris, who's been around forever, then you have Sink, who's been around for a long time, but he was dead forever, so you get this new sense for him, and then you have Laura Wolverine, and because everything needs Wolverine. Um, she's not do. that great on though, but... You know, I thought about that, and I think that is is early to really, like, say, because it's only issue two. I think her moment is coming so I think her moment is coming, but I just don't think it's going to be enjoyable. Like the way she's already talking now, she just feels like a female Logan. And that yeah, she just feel more Logan. Yeah. And that shouldn't. And that's that's not Laura to me. Yeah, I agree. She is uh, her own person. That's like her entire <laughs> like story is about how she is her own person and not just yeah. another uh, Wolverine or Logan anyway. She is Wolverine. <laughs> Um, I thought this issue was fantastic. You know, um, Polaris standing aside, like the, I loved the callbacks that were able to be used in this. So, you know, I'm the cosmic one and the annihilation wave was actually used in, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have that debate later. Um, <laughs> I, uh, the annihilation wave was used in like the, by Annihilus. And um, in like the negative zone and the wave was normally like a big like armada of these space bugs. So I thought that it was cool for him to basically use them as a drink and um, basically have him throw up all those bugs and they end up forming into this big like kaiju creature thing. Yeah, 
so I thought that it was cool that he used the Annihilation Wave against that. But then that to me means like the X-Men just fought like the Annihilation Wave. Um, and that was something that Annihilus had used to like wipe out planets. <laughs> so I think that that's really dope that they were able to like take this thing on like it was nothing. If, if there is one thing that I will say about the X-Men, they have been shown to be very powerful. Like yes. as in and and that's even like in their most small collective units. Again, when you think back to X of Swords, you had the Iraqi mutants who were like fighting those demons from Ammon forever and like just dying off and getting killed. And you had four Kakoans and their human ally holding off hundreds of them. <laughs> with no problem. Yep. Like Storm was like, Oh, I'm holding them back with like my lightning and my wind and then you had like magic and apocalypse and Wolverine and Brian and all them like just beating them back. You know, they're those girls. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> like, please don't play with them. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> that is a very great point, because it really was just, like, four Krakoans there. Storm Magic and Wolverine out there doing the thing. And people think that Rocky can beat the... Anyways. Uh, start I just thought this issue was fantastic. We also got to see uh, the reason that Sunfire, like, gave his speech for how he got voted in to be on the X-Men team. I thought that was really cool because I'm sure people had been wondering, like, what do these people have? What has everyone's favorite character said to everyone? It's like part of their campaign slogan to forward yeah. to be X-Men. So that was really cool. Um, obviously, I loved all of the Polaris moments. You know, it's been a while since I've really gotten to read her and uh, see her, like, personality shine and, like, really just be herself, which mm. is, like, you know, little smart ass girl on the team who was just like, I'm here to do my job <laughs> and and just kick it. And um I really found it funny that as I was reading this, like I thought that the throwing up the bug stuff was gross. And I get to learn the line freeze. And she's like gross. <laughs> you know, that's your girl. Um do you I mean do you think let me rephrase that. What do you think her motivations might be for like joining the team. Um, like, like if when he gets down to Dugan presenting whatever Polaris told everyone to her to be on it, like, what do yeah. I think she should? Because I'm pretty sure every X Men is going to get an issue where they are kind of discussing why they wanted to join the team. What do you think hers is going to be? I really, really hope that it is connected to Genosha, because the one thing I have uh has said about Lorna is her story is how much she just wants to she's more of a defender than like the hero who's going out to like I want to prove myself and prove how great of a hero I can be um Lorna really only really comes out and really like is that kind of like where she's like I have to protect this thing when there's an island of mutants to protect she is all about like being all about mutants and like protecting that so yeah when there was Genosha, she was like up there with Magneto and protecting Genosha. She like left the X-Men, <laughs> kicking it with them, to go be with Magneto and Genosha. Um, mm -hmm. And now again with Krakoa, she's down to be, she wants to be on the X-Men to protect that. So I think that like, I hope that it's connected to Genosha or for her to say that she wanted to just um, get back out there and find her own motivations for herself outside of being on an island. Okay. I look forward to it. I mean, I'm, again, I think also this is kind of why I think this series might only be like 12 to 15 issues before it reboots for with the next creative team. Mm -hmm. We'll get like 
their motivations and these issues, let them talk, and then we'll go about the next one. But I don't know. I could be wrong. That's just what I think. But um, I'm loving this series so far. It feels good to be excited about the X-Men again. Yeah. And all those team-ups are really dope. You know, I've seen Lorna perform MRIs before, like using mm-hmm. her powers, where she could like use do an MRI to kind of find something. But yeah. to mix it with genes to do M- MRI for memories with her telepathy was really, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I would rate this series a 4.5 out of 5. And the only reason it honest, I'm sorry, the book, I give this book a 4.5 out of 5. And the only reason it didn't get a 5 is because I thought that the inks were like kind of dark sometimes. And it was, um, it, was, it was a little muddy in certain places where you kind of had to go back and be like, what's actually happening here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, like, I so tell crazy. if it was like colored that way or if it was like inks. Um, I was about to say, which is so crazy because so many of the colors were kind of vibrant. Right. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> so it was just like, okay, that's weird. I did also really love like the aliens and their game of like why they kind of sent the annihilation wave to Earth. You know, so many, they were, they just want, again, I love villains or bad folks who just are bad. They're exactly. like, we just want to destroy stuff. <laughs> you know, like, I love okay. that. You know, you're yeah. to do it. Just go out and do it. Um, mm. And I think it's really cool how the planet size X Men issue with, you know, them forming the planet Araco has really thrusted X-Men and like the uh, the Earth now mm-hmm. into like a, this big cosmic arena now. So like there's bound to be several consequences for stuff like that. So who who knows what else is coming? It's going to be very exciting. Very exciting time for the X-Men. Very Most exciting definitely. time for X-Men. Truly. Jump on board, y'all. All right. Well, those are the books of the week. Let's go ahead and take a break and we'll come back. Alright everybody, hello, hello, welcome back. We are here for our another panel. And I have a character that I like to discuss today. And I Alright, let's bring her on down to the carpet. Who has had a very a very consistent upward swing and has been getting a lot of focus. Is recently uh had their own movie, is in a movie that recently just came out. And today I would like to discuss Miss Harley Quinn. Yes. Or yes. Harleen Quinzel. Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Yes, let's get that right. <laughs> right, Dr. Okay. Psychiatrist. <laughs> okay. Um, so for those who don't know, Harley was actually not originally a comic book character. She was created in 1992 for the Batman animated series. And she was originally only supposed to be in there for like one episode. She was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. But I guess, I don't know, the design was popular. Everybody knows that like the... That the, Harlequin. Like, yeah, the Harlequin outfit with little just her hat <laughs> and she would like just jumped off so she became like a really prominent reoccurring character and she actually didn't get her first canon comic appearance until 1999 um when they introduced this like a uh, batman one shot uh for harley quinn where they brought her in and her her story was just that she was the Joker psychiatrist, and she ended up falling in love with him and became his villainous accomplice. Now, there actually was another little one-shot from Bruce Timm and Paul Dini that came out in 94, I want to say. It was, like, very popular. It was based on the series. Um, it won an Eisner and a Harvey Award. Oh, wow. 
but it just wasn't canon. So, they but despite all of that, Harley has like kind of continued to rise and like be a part of different series. She's been on the Suicide Squad. She's been in the Secret Six. She's been a Gotham City Siren. I will say that uh, she did have a couple of solos in the 90s by Carl Kessel and like Tony Dotson, uh, uh, Terry Dotson, excuse me. And it, it had, it lasted for like 25 issues. Wow. But it had really bad sales. Oh, so they, <laughs> <laughs> right. So they actually ended up revamping it, um, and it became a little bit grittier and darker for Harley. Uh, very well received, but the still the sales still stayed bad. So it just ended up getting canceled regardless. Uh, I know, right? Poor Harley. So I would say her rise really started in the New Fifty Two, which is very interesting when you think about it, because the New Fifty Two was so bad for so many characters. Right. Maybe, maybe that's why she was able to rise up. And I also honestly think a big part of that was because this was her first big separation from the Joker. Like we yeah. had seen Harley kind of run around without him again. She was like with the sirens and do stuff, but she was always very tied to the Joker. And I think once a lot of people started to realize how bad that relationship actually was no let's say it's toxic (laughs) it's very very abusive (laughs) (laughs) um you know once they saw that it was really much a thing to go see harley outside and harley is a very popular character i don't know if he's extremely popular but uh even especially around the time of the new 52 i will never forget an interview that jim lee did and he said that harley too was considered the fourth pillar of dc so that means she was their fourth biggest character so we all know the trinity batman superman wonder woman he said that after batman superwoman i'm superwoman superman and wonder woman harley quinn was their next most popular character that's a feat i truly you know and like honestly i don't even think that's really debatable like um as much as I would want that pillar to be like Green Lantern or something, like it's true, <laughs> it's truly Harley because like she is just that popular. I think she, she I think really her story popular. and everything really kind of resonates with people. We've all had to deal with shitty men. Okay. <laughs> you know, no matter no matter what you like, we've all had to deal with shitty men. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think people can kind of really pick up on her story and uh, just her, like, what makes her unique and, like, her voice for herself. And I think people really wanted to see her kind of stand on her own because she has a very big audience. I think a lot of her fans were um, female, like, readers, comic book fans. And I think they really wanted to tap into, like, Harley by herself so they could really get behind her away from Joker. Um, And once they got into that... She's it was a rat. Um, yeah. And I think the New 52 series, so the New 52 series, for those who don't know, it was written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. They are husband and wife. Uh, they actually work on a lot of things frequently. And I think Amanda Connor's art also really helped push Harley in there. She was a very popular artist back in the day. Um, and so the covers were good. The action was great. Uh, she did Power Girl for a little bit, too. And I remember that was really well received. They've mm-hmm. done a lot of stuff together now that I think about it. Nonetheless, um, again, this also is the series that changed Harley's origin a little bit. So it was no longer she was just a psychiatrist. This is the one where they finally kind of solidified that the Joker also put her into the chemical vat that changed him, like changed her. And it also really kind of started to solidify that romantic relationship with Poison Ivy, which I don't Mm -hmm. think... Maybe a, it's a little bit lesbian. <laughs> you know, a little lesbian friends. Uh, 
I don't think I've ever met a Harley fan who dislikes her relationship with Ivy and vice versa for like the Ivy fan. People really like them together. Um, Do you actually like Harley Quinn? (laughs) Nessie. Not really. Okay. Um, although I think actually I have a weird relationship with Harley Quinn as a character. I think for a really long time I found her annoying. Like I thought that she was cool in the animated series and cool when she would pop up, you know, and like give her accent and stuff and yeah. and fight Batman or B Man as she would call him. But um, I could never get behind her because of her being with Joker. But then once they really started to pull her away from him, I started to see. Like, okay, she's interesting enough or whatever. But then there were too many times where she felt like a female Deadpool. And I do not like Deadpool. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I was like, mm, I don't I know about understand. that. So I think I think I also have a similar kind of relationship with Harley where I feel like I should like her a little bit more than I do. Like the psychiatrist, yeah. crazy girl. Like, I, I mean, I'm into Deadpool. I think my thing with Harley is that I always want her to be written differently than how she actually is like in my mind like you said they kind of do play her off as like a female Deadpool a little bit she's got some slapstick she's kind of crazy um when I would read Harley I would always want her to be crazy but I guess in a more controlled way I guess to be differentiate her from Joker because my whole thing was that like she was still a psychiatrist she's still like this brilliant woman she's still a genius so I expected her to I guess be a little bit more manipulative or like calculated in how she does things and that's not really Harley she is also just kind of chaos like Joker and so I guess that's where my disconnect came with her once I kind of accepted that I was able to take her in a little bit more I personally don't really pick up too many of the solo series when I have I wasn't into them too much but Harley is interesting in the fact for me that while I'm not into comic Harley like that Harley in any other media I'm all yeah yeah for sure (laughs) the Harley Quinn show that debuted on the DC Universe app and I was on HBO Max um probably my favorite Harley Quinn version of all time Mm -hmm. Uh, Margot Robbie I cannot praise her enough as Harley Quinn I actually I think I've said it before maybe on the show maybe just when we talk um, I consider Margot to be like the definitive Harley version I think if whenever she gets in movies again or she's recast people are always going to kind of look at that and be like oh you got to be like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn exactly I completely agree she's up there with like Iron Man as fire or Robert C. (laughs) (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) to as far as like um, really cementing themselves like within that role. Um, Whereas like I could see another somebody else be Hawkeye. (laughs) Like, you know. You hope somebody else is Hawkeye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Same same thing with Joker. Like I can Mm -hmm. see somebody uh, being Joker. But currently, like, Margot was, her performance as Harley was, like, the gold standard. They have, they would have to be that. Which is kind of, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Um, but, you know, I kind of feel bad for Margot also. Because while she is truly, I think, the best Harley Quinn, I think a lot of the things that have surrounded her have not been that great. And so I feel like that has yeah. kind of hampered. I'm not even going to say it's hampered the popularity because I do still think that she's very popular as Harley, mm-hmm. but I think it kind of hampered the success of the movies for her. Like the Birds of Prey film should have gotten way more than it did. I agree. I really like that movie. 
It was good. It was good. <laughs> and like, and I don't think she gets enough respect as Harley either. Like, she does her own stunts. She mm. commits to the role. You know, she has to wear the makeup and the ridiculous costumes. And so many times you hear about celebrities when they take on these superhero roles and they, like, complain. Oh, I had to sit in the chair for the three hours to do this. And I had to... Margo loves it. Uh-huh. And you can tell she loves it. So I remember on her, on her birthday, they, like, made her a Harley cake with, like, her favorite Harley comic. She has yeah. her own favorite Harley comic because she, like, was constantly reading them. So that's been dope to see for her. Good for her. Um, and it's again, it's just, it's it's just crazy the popularity that Harley has. Again, when you think back to Rebirth, that was, and maybe it's just because I'm not gonna even take that away from her and say it's because everything else was so bad. Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Harley Quinn was DC's best-selling comic book during the Rebirth era. Like I, she, I saw those numbers every like she, month. It was she was always killing it. Number one, she has the most titles to her name, like solo and like periphery and satellite books, next to Batman and Superman. Wonder Woman don't even got that. <laughs> yeah, she's. A, I think Wonder Woman only has one one book in her corner, just the Wonder Woman. Carly's got like eight. <laughs> Carly has like her own little like uh, red, black, and white series. She's mm-hmm. had her own spinoff. She's had like a Harley Quinn and Friends. Like I was gonna say, she's got another one that's like. Harley and Ivy and something like a mini with them. <laughs> they, have, they have a comic that uh, about the cartoon right now that's coming out in a mm-hmm. few months. Um, she's got her own TV show. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest. While the movies themselves in the DCEU have not been good, Margot and Harley Quinn have truly been carrying those movies. The first Damn. Suicide Squad movie was not good, but what did you walk away liking? Harley Quinn. Harley and Deadshot, that chemistry was off the chain. But, you know, that's because Will and Margo were sleeping together. Well, we don't want to talk about (laughs) entanglements, Chad. It was cool. It was cool. Um, I mean, same thing with the other um, Birds of Prey. Yeah. Let's be honest. Great, great stuff. I think originally wasn't that supposed to be like an actual Birds of Prey movie, but they just made it a Harley Quinn. <laughs> and the Birds of Prey. Like, come on now. Like, it's crazy. it's crazy when you think about Harley like that. And so, mm-hmm. you know. That is wild to think about that they really like were like, a Birds of Prey movie wouldn't sell. We have to put Harley Quinn in this. Um, and so again, it's just it, and, it, and it's crazy because it translates to the comics. Again, Harley is a very successful character. So you know, you go back to the comics, the fifty, the new fifty-two run ends, and then we hit the rebirth era, and we get another series from Rob Williams. Um, I believe that one was like fine. I honestly didn't hear too much about it. I don't remember. I also didn't read it, but I do remember specifically once he kind of fell off the book, it was relaunched again. Sam Humphreys took over the title, and like that lasted for a very long time as well. And and here we've had her in these different areas. She's like was on the Suicide Squad. She was on Tom Taylor's little version. I don't know if she's on the new version, um, but and now here we are in the Infinite Frontier portion of DC and she once again has her own book and that's yeah. from Stephanie Hawkins and Riley Rosmo and I really like Riley Rosmo's art so I actually might kind of pick it up um, but I've heard it's just about her going back to Gotham to reinvent herself which sounds a little bit like a TV show but you know <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely the premise of the TV show but DC loves synergy so <laughs> uh, it's just it's just been really interesting to talk and I just want to talk about Harley as a whole do you think that she's become like like the Suicide Squad, do you think she's become a staple character of that now? Like that team? 
You know how whenever there's a relaunch of a book, there are certain characters who people feel as though they pretty much always are going to be in them? I get Do you it. think that she has become like that? What'd you uh, say? I said Betsy was like that with X-Force for a bit. Everybody oh, like, yeah. She's always going to be on them. And I was like, please not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not again. Uh, so, yes and no, because obviously the movies have right. put emphasis of her on the suicide squad but I, again i think about when you kind of think of what the suicide squad is and like how the people always die especially now with the bombs on their head and stuff hardly you just know harley's never going to die right right and if someone decides to kill harley that'll be oh that'll actually be kind of interesting that'd be huge to see like what like harley is a big character this yes is, like, like the really death of harley Quinn would actually be like a pretty a big, big deal, deal. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I kind of want to see it. Uh, Would it be be bigger than the death of Joker? Yeah. I think so. (laughs) You know, people don't really like the Joker, from what I've started to notice. (laughs) I think people are just over it, because, like, I've seen people recently talking about, like, Batman comics in general. Um, I saw this tweet that was like, you know, uh, does anyone else feel as though they are kind of, like, done with Batman? Because, like, I have all these stories that I've been collecting, and this person said that they were 31. They were like, I've been collecting Batman stories since I was like 10. I read everything, and I don't need any more like rehashes of the same thing. And him versus Batman Joker, like, mm-hmm. does anyone else feel like that you can kind of get off the ride? And um, I don't feel that it's very much the same for Harley. <laughs> like, you know, whereas Joker is like, you're so sick of it like, because that's they've been doing that forever. And I feel, and I, and again, I think that's because. Once they were able to uh, distance Harley from Joker, they were kind of also able to distance her from Batman. So Harley has has now gotten to a space where she is her own character. She has her own villains. Even she's got like her anti-hero thing. So she fights people. She's good to go. You can have a Harley without a Batman. You cannot have a Joker without a Batman. No, no. And I also agree with that with the person who said that because. It's time for Batman. It's time for Bruce to hang it up for a little bit. I think we've even said that, though. Yeah, like, we said that. You, Bruce, Wolverine, there's a couple of folks. It's just... A, <laughs> <laughs> they just got to hang it up for a little bit. And, like, that's fine. So we can kind of get over it. Uh, Joker, mm-hmm. I've honestly never found Joker to be that interesting, though. So. Me neither. Like, I understand this, like, psychiatry, like, him being crazy and all that, but, like... He's a clown. I don't know. He's a, he's a clown, yeah. <laughs> Beat him up. Mm-hmm. He killed Jason Todd. He did with a crowbar. With a crowbar. Actually, no. He Jason Todd died in the explosion. <laughs> he was just beat very <laughs> Right. He was beaten literally within an inch of his life. <laughs> <laughs> but Joker was like, let me make sure. <laughs> if he wouldn't have exploded, Batman would have saved him. I don't know about that. I don't think that, he did. Take that many hits to the head. You know, and it, and it, let me do a quick segue to Jason Todd. It's also really crazy to me how so many writers, when they, like, write him, they have him fighting with the crowbar. It is so stupid. <laughs> you know, I think they try to make it seem like he uh, it's like he owned it now. It's It's stupid. Again, he didn't even die from the crowbar. He died in an explosion. And it's just like... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He beat the hell out of him. With that. He beat him, but he was still alive. He was like dragging his body. 
Then he realized it was a bomb. Batman was like right outside. <laughs> it was like he was he would have been right there. If there was no bomb, he would have been okay. But nonetheless, this is about Harley Quinn. We'll do I'm, I'll do a Jason talk one day as well so we can get into yeah, that. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Not like I got thoughts. Uh, how do you feel about the Harley Ivy relationship? You know, I originally wasn't that big of a fan because it felt kind of forced to me and it felt kind of uh, very fan service like, oh, we're just going to put them together because fans really want to see them together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that the the Harley animated series actually really turned my mind around about all of that because, cool. you know, maybe I, maybe I am just not interested in comic Harley. You know, and her outside of in everything else is really great because I like playing her in video games and all that stuff. Like, she's good in Injustice. Yeah, she's great. Um, so maybe I just don't like that. But like the animated series really sold me on like their relationship. Wow. It felt more authentic there because we got to see it grow. Agreed. I think that's one of the things too. Like again, that new Fifty Two series like hinted at it, but it was never anything official. And then I think that became a thing. There was just always so many hints, and it was just like I personally, a lot of people who I saw who were uh, big fans of the Harley Ivy relationship, it was just because they didn't want to see Harley with Joker. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, totally fair. But my also thing was like, oh, just because she's not with Joker doesn't mean she necessarily has to be with Harley. But I think, like you said, the animated series, it really fleshed it out. It made it a little bit more natural. You kind of see them going through their ups and downs a little bit more, whereas in the comics, it's kind of just like, when they fight, it just, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> it but again, I, that could just be a thing because it's comic Harley. I wonder what that disconnect is. Yeah. That comic Harley doesn't really hit the same way as those animated. Maybe Harley is one of those characters who's like made for just like animation and live action. Like you got to see her. You got to see it's, it. Like, it's where she started. I think Deadpool, like you said, she's like Deadpool. I think that's a really good example. There's so many people who I know who didn't like Deadpool in the comic books, but they like love the movie. Because mm-hmm. I enjoyed movie. the first movie. That's, not the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because you just kind of like need that you need to hear it you need to hear the voice you need to hear the jokes land you need to hear how the interactions i think that maybe that's what helps i don't know maybe that could just be me projecting but yeah. media harley is it mm-hmm. comic harley we'll see how do you feel about um how they've kind of changed her costume and her hair do you for, for prefer her in like the uh, original iconic harlequin outfit do you like how they've kind of like just made red and black her colors with her pigtails so i think that i if i had to rank them all mm-hmm. the the hot topic look would probably be the last one okay <laughs> <laughs> like i'm definitely putting i'm ranking that last not that it's like a bad design or whatever and i, I recognize the reference i forget the uh the singer the rock star who like the entire look is referenced after but um it just feels so like mall <laughs> like it's it feels very hot topic versus yeah. her and her red and black that at least feels more like costume like you know i am a part of this comic book universe yeah. um and, and i get i understand like sometimes people want to make things a little bit more realistic or whatever and, and give them more real looking clothes but i'm cool with i'm okay with things looking a little bit like comic booky i guess um so i like the the red and black aesthetic more than the other and um i'd put that 
that like Hot Topic look last, and then the Harlequin one right, right above that. I think that look is is interesting enough, and you know it's where she started. But in in everything that's not like the comic or a flashback to her <laughs> in an animated mm-hmm. series, it looks weird. <laughs> like yeah. I liked that they did it in the Suicide Squad movie, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, that when they showed Margot like in that costume, because like I know people wanted to see Harley in that, but like yeah. it looked silly. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad yeah. they went away with that one. I'm glad we got the little flash and then we, we kept on yeah. going. So I can appreciate that. Um, well, do you put think her, in her red and black? Put some diamonds on some pants and you know give her some guns and a ham a mallet. She's good to go. Do you like? I do mouth? like her with a bat. I do like her with a bat, though. You like her with a bat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bat, right. yeah. Um, do you? What do you think would take for you to get into Harley in the comic books? Um, I don't know. That's solid. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe if she got more, um, maybe Seriously. a bigger rogues gallery. Okay. Something I could maybe like grasp onto, or maybe a like I don't really know who her, who else is in the book with her other than just her and her the voices in her head. Like I wanted oh to know, see, <laughs> <laughs> like does she have a like a a, a more expansive? So I know cast? I know they built out like a couple of supporting cast. Where I specifically remember during the era of the Sam Humphreys run, there were she had like a gang. Oh yeah, people. the gang of Harleys. Yeah, the gang of Harleys, and they like all cut their hair and. Was there a gay one? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Um, They all like cut their hair. She like shaved her head too. It was like it was kind of weird. But I know they're there. But again, I think that's another thing for Harley. It's like the books sell. It's good. um, But do the villains stick? Is it more of just like a villain? Is that kind of what happened? Because again, she's she's really kind of a villain herself. Yeah, so that's the one thing I hope that they never really change for her is I understand that she has a lot of fans and I understand that she's popular, but I want her to still be able to do the like villainous things. They at least still do it in live action anyway, in the movies where she's still like a villain and doing like bad things, mm-hmm. um, even if it is comedic or, you know, for like a Cassandra Kane like it was in Birds of Prey. But um, I hope that they kind of keep her still being a villain instead of going the route of like anti-hero you know dc got a thing about making their villains anti-heroes marvel too actually Bye. yeah <laughs> you know, let the bad people be bad <laughs> just bad guys it's okay yeah uh, but no i agree i think i think i honestly well that was new 52 and that's supposed to be a different universe now because i was about to say i think after some of the things she's done you can't really ever put her in a full anti-hero type or hero Phase. I specifically remember during that New 52 run, there was this page of Harley. There was some game that came out, and like all these kids in Gotham were playing it, and it was supposed to be super fun and very popular. And Harley sabotaged the game, so as soon as everybody started, bombs went off and they exploded. <laughs> and so she like killed all these people all around Gotham, and it was like, oh damn. <laughs> but I remember like a lot of Harley fans were kind of upset at the time because like they were trying to like say, oh, they're making Harley a hero, and this was very much like, no, she just killed a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. So you can't do that. Um, but 
the rise of Harley is very interesting. I think if there's anyone out there who has really been into her books, or if you have any specific runs that you can recommend, some miniseries, like I said, yeah. she has a lot. Like, even when I was doing some research on her for this to just talk about her a little bit, I went back and read some stuff, and I was just, I was like, there's a lot here. Mm. I was like, she's everywhere. Again, I definitely recommend some of uh, the Jimmy Palmiotti series, from, anything from the New 52, obviously, because that is like, I feel like where Harley really started. Mm-hmm. Um, or it got her re- her rebirth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so re- uh, Suicide Squad by Tom Taylor. Read that. She's got some good stuff. Get yeah. into her. Tell us yeah. if you guys like Harley. How you feel about Margot with Harley? How you feel about the cartoon Harley? Any of the cartoon Harleys? Um, that's Harley. Yes. All right, y'all. Well, let's take a little break and then we'll come back and talk about the Suicide Squad. <sighs> everybody hello and we are back for another rewatch and this time the rewatch of the week was the newest suicide squad movie Yes. It's streaming and in theaters. But if you do not feel comfortable going to a theater yet, especially with the Delta variant ramping up around the world, yes, <laughs> you child. can watch the comfort of your bed or couch or your home, wherever, on HBO Max, which is what I did. Mm, same. And um, I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I love that option. I appreciate that. I love that. Um, and I also feel like this is not a movie I would have enjoyed paying for. Not to say that I didn't like it. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. I think Mm -hmm. that, especially when you compare it to the first Suicide Squad movie that came out, it is infinitely better. Yes. Uh, I will say, though, again, no one matched the chemistry of Margot and Will from the first movie, in my opinion. That's fair. That's fair. They had great chemistry. You know, entanglements. (laughs) But... But uh, I thought the way they, like, kind of interacted with each other, I think that was the saving grace of that first Suicide Squad movie. Will Smith is just a very charismatic actor. He has a lot of humor and stuff into them. That's just very natural. And that, like, helped him and Margot had their thing going on, so they really liked each other. Every time you saw them on, uh, like, screen together, it was like, ooh, I like this. And so you can tell they tried to get a little bit of that, too, with her and uh, Idris Elvis. What was his name? Bloodshot? Blood, blood, uh, blood sport, blood sport. (laughs) (laughs) Had you ever heard of him before this? No, me neither. And you know, I'm the D list king. So when I was like, when they were naming some of these people, I was like, who are these? (laughs) Like most of them, I had had Mongal. I didn't even know Mongo had a a daughter. I did know that. I Um, didn't. (laughs) But that's only, but that's only because I like Mongo. Okay, fair. I I enjoy him. Yeah, um, but the movie, let's, let's just go ahead and talk about the movie. How did, how did you feel about it? What were your thoughts? What did you love? What did you not love? So I pretty much thought that it was a solid movie, but I think that, like, the, like, parts of it were better than the, like, whole. Um, okay. So, like, there were certain parts of the movie that I really enjoyed, but I don't know if I really enjoyed, like, the whole movie like from beginning to end, I definitely thought it was a little long. <laughs> um, there was, I think, some stuff that definitely could have been cut out. Um, but it was 
well done, I thought. You know, they got a, a nice little budget for them. Uh, the actors were all great in it. I didn't think anybody was, like, bad. Um, I actually really also enjoyed John Cena. <laughs> you know, um, he was actually pretty good. Um, I did think that they sometimes forgot that Harley was in this movie, but I wasn't sure if that was intentional because, you know, we just had this Harley Quinn panel where we see that she's, like, that girl. That like, girl. she's she's everywhere <laughs> so i wasn't sure if they were like let's kind of focus on someone yeah. else and do something else with her um while we focus on these other characters within this because they probably you know don't want this to even look like it's a suicide squad sequel so more mm-hmm. harley would probably make it feel like it's a a sequel to the the other one instead of a like soft reboot i guess i thing. can see that um that line of thinking i so i actually saw it looked at it in a different way. I felt as though they kind of kept her separate because, again, Harley is that girl. And they mm. wanted to just... I've, I know some people have had some issues with the Harley Quinn appearances beforehand and the writing that would have been in the movies and things like that. So I felt like this one was kind of to give her a new showing and show that, like, it's the same Harley, but obviously, like, in a better situation. So we got, like, that scene of her fighting all the guards and stuff when she breaks herself out of the prison. And that was like, dope as hell. Is... I'm not going to lie. Okay. When they Marco. showed up her, like, gymnastic skills, like, with that, and I thought that was really cool. And, you know, I will admit that while it is kind of easy <laughs> and cheap or whatever, I'm okay whenever they kind of make uh, characters, like, Oh, I was also like this great gymnast. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so that they can kind of like avoid the whole like explaining why they why they do. Yeah. Just yeah. like, you know, recently in the the static uh book, randomly he was fighting. He was like, Oh yeah, I'm so great that like my dad taught me how to fight. So so like mm. I understand that kind of parts. But like when they showed off her gymnastic skills and kind of like brought that back into it and the fact that she don't need nobody to rescue her, she can do it on her exactly. own. <laughs> And again, and I think that, and that was something that we kind of didn't see in the first Suicide Squad movie, because obviously Joker came to, like, get her out of that situation, and then she had to end up coming back. Um, Jared Leto was such a bad Joker. But, you know, I I think that they wanted to really emphasize that, like, Harley is that girl. She doesn't need anybody. She can do all this stuff. This was, like, her moment to shine. And again, like you said, it was a very dope scene. Like we've been saying, Margot is probably the definitive Harley Quinn at this point. and I hope I don't I don't know I know there's been a lot of rumors back and forth about her future as Harley with the DCEU. Yeah. I would hope I would I was about to say I would hope they're not that dumb to let her go just yet. Uh-huh. Well, they did put out Wonder Woman 1984. So intentionally, it wasn't a leak. <laughs> 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 they put it out for oh. sale. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my god that movie we're not gonna talk about that movie yeah, we're not gonna not, finish that. yeah um but how did you like king shark he was fun i also i thought it was interesting that they never called him king shark in this he was anawe the entire time um which is kind of cool that you know um king shark can be kind of probably corny <laughs> or whatever so i thought that it was cool that they kind of I don't know his backstory or like what his if he's a creature, a shark turned human, or some kind of mutation or something like that, or if he actually is like related to a god. I read something like back in the day 
about him. Um, he it was like mystically imbued on him, but I don't know if that has changed in the constant reboots. He does have a little uh, one shot that's going to be coming out soon. I think it comes out in September. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to, t- or maybe October. It's supposed to. They're going to tie it in with the Aquaman 80th anniversary, which is oh. like because Aquaman doesn't really come into contact with King Shark that much. But I get it, aquatic hero Aquaman. Right. Find and I think they tried to pro- again probably that synergy. They had a bunch of moments in that uh, Harley Quinn animated series. Oh yeah, yeah, they did also have those. Oh, that's a good cartoon. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, so what did you think about the the like two teams and how Amanda was doing that? Were you expecting that first team to all kind of like die in the first few seconds? So I did expect that first team to all die. Let's be honest, Pete Davidson is there. He can't act, so like he about to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, also, you know, they do. <laughs> and we'll cast them. <laughs> but I felt like, you know, that entire team, I felt like this was going to be the team that dies. Yeah. Um, but I was not expecting the other teams that have also been sent there. And when they had Amanda Waller say, you know, Oh, where, where are all these soldiers? And Amanda Waller's like, don't worry about it. They've been distracted. I thought that that was dope. Having her be the one to play all of them. Again, it, Vi- Viola kills it as Amanda Waller. Like, if that's a casting done right by the DC. Yes, yes. Okay, let's give them that one there. Uh, she kills it every performance. The one scene where Bloodsport? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> where, um... Bloodsport and his daughter are like arguing back and forth and yelling at mm. each other. That was really good. But then like after she tells him whatever, and then he goes in there to confront Waller, and she's mm. just kind of standing off up against him. I'm just like, damn, she is doing that. Like she right? is selling it. Didn't like, sell. Didn't step like, back from that like uh, pins of her neck. She was just like, he ain't gonna do nothing. <laughs> and, I, and I love how he was like, oh, you're sending my 16 year old daughter out into like, prison. She's like, she's 14. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, don't act like you care that much. Um, right. So she sold that. I also was kind of shocked that her uh, team turned on her at the end. Yeah, well, you know, when you have somebody like Amanda Waller bring your boss, it ain't going to take too much for you to, <laughs> to really want to turn on her. You get that first chance and it's whack to the head. <laughs> okay, and she whacked her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, damn. Um, really good stuff. The, the action, I think, in this movie was actually well done, too. Obviously. I mean, everything about this one was better than the first one. I, maybe I shouldn't compare them and just let them be separate things. Separate, but obviously, yeah. it's like, they're both Suicide Squad movies. But the action in this one was really well done. Loved a lot of fight scenes. I also loved the way they did the big bad of this movie, Starro. Yes. Starro, fun fact, Starro's actually like one of my favorite DCU villains. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, it, it's very, it's very low. That's so random. <laughs> I don't tell a lot of people. <laughs> because you don't always really get too many good Star Wars stories. Right. But uh, when you do get the good ones, they're really good. Uh, I think about the Young Justice cartoon adapted Star Wars really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think it's fun. I'm into, uh, you know, I'm occasionally into like the cults type of situations. And I feel like yeah. Starro, it's, a, it's a very big unity, one hive, one mind. I, I'm, in, I'm into it. He's cool. And then it's a giant starfish in space. <laughs> yeah. And they made it work. <laughs> They made it work. He looked good. It was scary. It was actually terrifying. Like watching the Staros like attached to the people's faces, and then he gets up and he's just destroying the uh, city. Great, Mm -hmm. really good good stuff. stuff. I thought that like I said, the the story and the plot for the movie was great. I'm not sure exactly how I felt about the 
um, like time jumps that they were using and the and the transitions. Sometimes they were yeah. kind of confusing. Like in the beginning when uh, there was a now written out on the beach, I had no idea what that meant. I thought that was <laughs> I was like, are those the rats from the Rat Girl? Is she making them say now for some reason? Oh, speaking of Rat Girl, I was not a fan. Oh, she was like so endearing, you know? No, I found her a little annoying. Like, girl, uh, yeah, you too soft. (laughs) You need like, and then like your rats. You should be control. Like, I was with Bloodsport when he was like, "Oh, get those rats away from me." I would have been crying. (laughs) 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 That the scene at the end where she had them like swarming, I would have cried. So you know, I talk about often how I walk to the gym, and so like I I go early sometimes, and when I'm out there walking, the rats are out there running around or they're dead on the street which is also equally terrifying do you remember that day i told you i saw about that rat falling from the sky oh yeah the and like hawk- didn't like a hawk like, <laughs> <The hawk-like. laughs> i do not like rats um or mice or like the vermin they really freak me out and so i, I would not have been enjoyed being on the team with her yeah i thought personally like i understand her being the heart of the team um and all that stuff and her leading with compassion and when her daddy and all that stuff, but it was giving Jean Grey. <laughs> and like some of that bleeding heart shit gets a little annoying. It's like, bro, you're you're a killer. You're in prison. Yeah. Yeah. You're in prison. <laughs> I did I, I I didn't really buy the whole like super compassionate thing from her. Maybe that was also what it was. But her powers were disgusting. I just wasn't a fan of Rat Girl as a whole. She's all right. Um I get the point that she served on the team. I liked her. I liked the relationship that she just developed with King Shark. That was cute. When he was like trying to have a friend. You didn't care. Okay. <laughs> um, like you said, I also really did surprisingly like John Cena. I will say though, I don't think I saw anything special enough to warrant him getting his own HBO Max series. Oh, I forgot they were giving him his own like HBO Max series. They are, and I do not think he does. I don't think he needs it. I don't think. That- I can see where the plot's going to go or like what they want the story to kind of be based on whatever they did in the movie. You know, we see him and Bloodsport have their face off. He shoots him through the neck. We think he's dead. We find out at the end that he's not dead and they are just like keeping him alive and they're going to send him on some more missions. So I'm guessing it's going to be about that. But I don't think I want to see him by himself. Right. If that makes sense. He could be funny. I don't know if I need to like a, all of that, but like I could see like a small little mini series of him doing being funny and being the champion of freedom, no matter how you get it. I did enjoy I guess, his scene with him in Bloodsport where they were going through that camp and killing all the guys. And, oh my god, that was that really was so cool. Good. Yeah, that was, that was so really good. cool. And, and for it to, the reveal to be that they were <laughs> the resistance <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like they run through the camp and they find uh, Rick Flag and he's like, no, this is the resistance we're trying to overthrow the government. And she's like, why didn't my men alert me to your presence? And it's like, oh, no. We <laughs> <laughs> no man. <laughs> like, we killed them all. Uh, that was a really dope scene. Good to see. Uh, also, I wasn't expecting Rick Flag to die. Spoiler. Okay, so like, I did expect him to die because I assumed that actor was going to be done with this. <laughs> so that's word. Yeah, I figured it was going to be out. I also still did not enjoy his character. I didn't enjoy Rick Flag in the first one. I didn't yeah. enjoy him either. I don't think Joe Kinnaman can act, though. But again, DC loves somebody who can't act. This is true. And putting him in Lero. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, the one thing I did think was funny was when the uh, the guy Milton died. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. That, I did think that was really funny. 
<laughs> because, <laughs> oh, Carly. <laughs> like, I also remember, so the scene where they are in the bar and uh, they come in looking for them and they're like, oh, we got to check everybody's IDs to find these Americans. And they like sneak out and then like Milton's running with them. I remember, I think that was the first time I had actually noticed the character with them. So when he <laughs> popped up and he was running, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> I was like, because I'm not going to, so I'm not going to lie to you guys. I kind of fell asleep the first time I watched this. So I had to do it again. And so I was like watching it and I'm looking, I was like, did he like pop up when I fell asleep? And so that's why I was like, let me start this movie over again. But then I don't know, maybe I missed it again because when he popped up again, I was just like, I don't know who this is. And so then when they die and they're like, oh, I was like, oh, the guy died. And, uh, <laughs> and Polka Dot Man's like, Milt is dead. And everybody's like, who's Milt? And I was like, oh, okay, maybe that was purposeful. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> Honestly, I loved Harley throughout that entire scene. She was like, who was Milton? Yeah, the callback to it later was dope too. Like, oh, you're Milton. <laughs> I also really, I, sh I was shocked at how much I did like the polka dot man though. Oh, really? I thought his mom thing was weird. It was weird, but I was into it. <laughs> Especially when he was dancing with a bunch of them. I was like, this is weird. Yeah, it was you weird. Know, just, yeah. but I, was just, I was like, it's so weird. I was like, it's crazy. Um, but I loved, like, the, uh, again, how they kind of played with him and with the rat girl when she was talking to him after uh, Peacemaker killed a bunch of people. She said, Folk about man. She's like, I thought you were the crazy one. And he was like, I am. And I was just yeah. like, that, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Did um, you expect that team to basically uh, all die? Yes. Mm. Um, I thought more of them were going to die. I thought Rat Girl was going to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought a Phoenix she, moment. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I thought she was going to die. I, I actually, I kind of thought King Shark was going to die. Especially in the I scene, like, too. when, like, he fell from the thing and they was just sitting there shooting him. I was like, oh, he's dead. But then he got back up. I was like, oh, he's strong. <laughs> well, see, I didn't think the shooting, I didn't think was going to kill him. It was all when he was in that water and that tank and all those like things that he thought the, were his friends. The piranha thing started eating him. Yeah, yeah that, that was harsh, too. And shout out to Harley for swimming over there. She was the only one that went over there to go and help him and get those things off him. Right. Who yeah. That's why that's why she's the fourth filler. Honestly, she's kind of the third. <laughs> if we and, go I real. Think, and I think we all know who's getting bopped. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the facts are the facts. <laughs> we all know who's getting bumped for. Who, who are people more likely to be for Halloween? <gasps> oh, wow. Think about it. You just, you just woke that up. Who, more, who are you more likely to see at a Comic-Con? The people do love to come as Harley these days. It's Harley. Those pigtails, they're iconic now a little bit. Yeah, I'm putting some in my hair later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so overall, what would you rate this Suicide Squad movie? Yeah, you know, overall, I would probably give this a, like a 6, 6.5 out of 10. The 6.5 is off the strength of the, there were a lot of like parts of the movie that I really enjoyed, but the whole wasn't that great. It was good, but like not that great. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I um, I thought the action scenes were all pretty good. All the characters and their characterizations were all pretty great. Um, I'm not too familiar with the Suicide Squad or their, um, like, this particular iteration of them or these characters. So I don't have, I usually try to grade 
most of my superhero movies off of like comic book accuracy you know mm-hmm. was there a budget <laughs> and um like if the story made sense and if it's entertaining um and so i don't really have too many like comic book connections with this team to go off of so like it was an entertaining movie i'm not sure if i would be rushing back to go watch it again i agree with that i think it was solid it was obviously an improvement of the original and they mm-hmm. had some good action the humor was there it um had some solid scenes i do think a little like you said, I agree that I think it was a little too long. I think some mm-hmm. scenes dragged on a little bit. I think I forgot about some things already. And, but the things I liked, I really did like. Yeah. Everything Harley was really good also. I, I think Loki, I like Harley. <laughs> Just like, like in a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in a movie or a TV series or anything like that, like you're really into Harley. Mm-hmm. It's just something about those comics. You know what? Maybe Harley is on my list up there, like, with Wonder Woman, where it's like, I just really enjoy watching her do her thing. And her thing is, like, being Harley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I'm I, not, I don't know if I'm too interested in the character and, like, her story and all that kind of stuff, but I enjoy watching Harley do her thing. Yeah. That's it. You hit the... That's you the know. button. <laughs> that's, that's the hot button issue right there. I and what, what would you grade this movie? I'd, I'd also give it a six. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, solid action, solid scenes, a little too long. I don't think the chemistry was hit specifically with, like, everybody on the cast. And, you know, um, they, a lot of them were dying, so I guess it didn't really need to be that way anyway. Mm-hmm. If they were to do another Suicide Squad, would you go and see it? If they put on HBO Max again, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, if I was like, I don't know, going on a date or <laughs> something, or <laughs> asked to go on a date. Because um, if, if I'm asking, we're not going to go see that. <laughs> 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 but, like, yeah, probably. But, like, I don't know. They would probably be another, like, group of D-list characters or something that I had no connection with. And I think also what, what hindered this movie for me was I kind of – I'm over the DCEU and I'm ready for them to get to the, whatever the next phase for their live action movies are instead of trying to like cobble together something to kind of springboard on out of it and go forward. I'd rather just just start this shit over and do it you over. You know, they're saying um, James Gunn might be coming back for more projects. That's unfortunate because I've learned that I don't really like his style of uh, directing watching this one. He has a thing with that, in my opinion, like, you know how there's, like, people who you probably met in, like, high school or college, and they really want to be funny, so they, like, say crude things because they think that's going to get a laugh, but it's really kind of annoying. He gives me that. Mm. And he also, like, sometimes that bleeds through into his work. So, like, he has a lot of, like, this anyway, he was allowed to be as crude as he wanted to be because it was rated R versus the Guardians of the Galaxy. But, like, it was giving that at times where it was like, this is giving your energy. And I don't really like that. I don't like vibe with guys like that. And like, he also really loves music. He grew up with (laughs) and, and like, (laughs) and wants to like interpolate them into his movies. And like, I get it. You grew up in the (laughs) eighties, but like, can you not like, sometimes the music is distracting from what's going on in the scene. Okay, I can agree with that. I actually think that might hit on some of the issues that I had with the movie that I couldn't really vocalize just yet. 
or that I hadn't fully formed uh, or like why it wasn't clicking with me. But that actually makes a lot of sense. And because I did not like it, well, I liked the first Guardians movie, but I did not like the second. I did not. Me neither. Um, this is my and, least favorite, like, of the MCU movies is always last. Yeah. And I, I can see a lot of that that carried over into the Suicide Squad. So I, that that actually makes sense. It makes me get a little cautious about him doing any other. Yeah. Hopefully not my faves. Don't touch Satana. Ooh, she's getting a movie or a TV show, right? Wow. I don't know which one it is. Allegedly. I mean, you know. Right. You they, know how, yeah. They did a whole slate. They did, I mean, they said Blue Beetle's supposed to be getting some too, which, really random, Blue Beetle could be the fifth pillar of DC. You know what? Let's wake that up. Because he actually has a lot of stuff out there that, like, sells very well. He must, he's another one that has it. Yeah, I think he has it. He has it. And I think if DC really wanted to, like, push him... Specifically Jaime Reyes. But, like, at this point, y'all know who we're talking about. <laughs> like, who else is Blue Beetle? <laughs> um, if, if DC really wanted to, like, push him into something, and, you know, you talk about, like, the next phase of the DCEU and, like, doing something like that, like, he could be the one they springboard him off of. For sure. If they were ever to have a Teen Titans movie, they should throw him in there. Oh, everything. Mm-hmm. But... That was the Suicide Squad, you guys. Please let us know what you thought of the movie, your favorite scenes, what you think of just Margot Harley, what you think of Bloodsport, the rat girl. <laughs> Thank you for remembering his name. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was crazy because they kept saying it in the movie, and I still was like, what is his name? I was like, uh, I kept calling him Deadsport, and then I was like, no, that's not it. And I was like, blood shot. Nope. It just wasn't clicking. I mean, he is basically, you know... Deadshot. Deadshot, but with a, a new DLC costume. <laughs> the costume, um, how'd you feel about the costume? I actually liked it. I liked how all the weapons and stuff were on it. He can, like, pull stuff off of it. I thought that, that was cool. That was fun. And he can, like, piece them together into something. It was kind of fun. But I'm sure we'll see more of him. He's kind of a breakout, so. Yeah, most definitely. Well, that was Suicide Squad, so you guys let us know what you thought. All right, y'all. So that brings us to the end of the show. You can be sure to check us out on Twitter at Another Relaunch. You can find us on Instagram at Another Relaunch. If you want to watch the show, you can find us um, anywhere you uh, check out YouTube's at Another Relaunch TV. You can uh, make sure you send us any questions, comments, anything you may want us to read out loud on the show at Another Relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and other social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me at Keenan Lance with an underscore at the end on Instagram and Twitter. I oh, know that's right. All right, y'all, let's get up out of here. Um, I need a Chipotle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Right. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>